Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. This is a podcast that focuses on leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massingill. And I'm Ralph Simone. Today we're kicking off our series on high-performing teams and what it takes to build high-performing teams. We've really enjoyed the work that we, uh, the work that we're doing with teams over the last couple of years has really picked up. Why do you think that is? I think organizations are starting to realize that uh, to get the true advantage of the uh, collective IQ of the individual people, they need to be working better as a unit. You know, there's there's too much interdependency, complexity, in uh, speed in an organization for all work to be done individually. It's not just about what people they're hiring what skills they're bringing to the table. It's about how those smart, talented, experienced people are working together. Absolutely, and I think how is key. I mean, I think many people, and I think it's probably the difference between a group and a team, is being very uh, explicit on how to operate in order to maximize the whole. You know, remember that article we read in the New York Times about Google's quest to build the perfect team or what it takes to build the perfect team? That was interesting. They talk about group norms and um, team. All different teams have different group norms. So, for example, one team's group norm around they're not comfortable or they're, it's not a group norm to share open feedback within a group setting, you know, sharing it more individually. Another team might have that as that's our norm. That's what we do. We bust on each other. Yeah. We, we're open. We give each other a hard time. So this idea about really identifying group norms. I think one of the biggest surprises to people who have read that article, including ourselves, was that it really doesn't matter who's on the team. It matters how the team agrees to operate together exactly. in yeah. really taking the time to deliberately create that. The, you know, they, so the, it was a surprise for me because I kind of assumed that it would make sense that you would have a higher performing team if they were all extroverts, for example, one example, mm-hmm. or they were all introverts. I think it's natural to put people of similar style and preference together and assume that they're going to work better than if you had different styles. Uh, you know, and, I, and, I, and I, that was what I, what I would have thought as well, but I think it speaks to some of our work with emotional intelligence is that because a preference doesn't necessarily mean a skill in that in order for us to be effective over time, we need to be adaptable and we need to do what, what's required. So again, if the how becomes way more important than the who as far as a group working together uh, synergistically. So going back to my original question, why do you think we're getting, why do you think our clients are wanting us to do more team-based work as opposed to training or even individual coaching? I think what you're suggesting is that organizations are realizing to succeed and to really perform at the levels that they want to perform at, they got to look at how they're using their teams collectively and not just Individual. Correct. And I think they're also, whether they would admit it or not, recognizing they don't know how to do it. 
So that how part, there's three things that you and I have talked about that we think are crucial in the how part of building high-performing teams. One is trust and the trust that's needed for a team to flourish. Absolutely. The the second is the uh, commitments that people will make to the uh, goals and the decisions that the team has arrived at. And what people are going to find out later, it's really the lack of commitment that's most troubling or that hinders team performance. Absolutely. And the third, our favorite topic, this idea of meeting madness. Yes, absolutely. And so part of the reason that we don't get the good commitments or we have a lack of commitments is we're not running effective meetings, which is another important how in the uh, creating a team-based or high-performing team-based environment. It's the number of meetings. It's the way the meetings are conducted. It's the unpreparedness or lack of preparation for the meetings. We'll get into that yeah. in that episode. You know, one of the interesting things about we even the Google article, the difference between group norms and ground rules. I, I think in our practice, we say that group norms really evolve over time and become part of the culture. We are suggesting very strongly that team leaders and teams establish ground rules things that they deliberately and intentionally identify is ways for them to be successful. And so that becomes a, you know, a, an intentional thing as to how they will operate to maximize uh, the uh, performance of the team. You know, I've heard people use the term, this is how I roll, right? I almost feel like what you're talking about, the ground rules or the group norms this is how we are going to roll. Absolutely, and roll towards the results that the organization and teams are pointed towards. Excellent. We're going to dig into each of these three topics beginning with our next episode. 